Play analysis, Devin Nash be on the mic, so you know it's hella lit. Better plug your headphones in on Apple Podcasts, and we up on Spotify. Ooh, on Anchor too, no parachute, we so fly. We talking sports and music, what's the newest in that culture? Better stream, yeah, you better tune in. It ain't gonna cost ya. We talking sports and music, what's the newest? Got exclusives, yeah, we do this play by play. Follow the page, eh? If you don't know, don't worry about it. What is going on, everybody? It's the Play-By-Play Analysis Podcast. It's your boy, Devin Ashby, SK Play-By-Play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. Um, So this is really different episode than what y'all are used to. You know, every now and then I jump in my interview bag, but like this is something entirely different than anything I've done before. And I'm kind of really looking forward to doing this because this is something I feel like you know, these are the kind of things I signed up for when I started this whole get together. You know, I do my use my platform to do things a little bit different than what you may see anywhere else. So we're doing something different today. But before I get into that, I got to introduce my guest. Um, this is a good friend. I consider her a good friend. You know, we we work together for a little bit. You know, she good people. She cool people. Y'all know her. Y'all well, y'all don't know her, but y'all gonna know her today. Um, my good sis Leanne, what's going on? What's happening? Hey guys. Hey guys. Thank you so much for doing this, Devin. I really appreciate all of this and for using your platform for good. No problem. No problem. Um, so for those of you who don't know, which is probably none of y'all because y'all never met her before, but um, <laughs> my good sis, Lynn Al-Najjar, she is, she is from a, would I call it a country or... Yeah, yeah. So I'm from, so I'm half Palestinian, half Syrian. Gotcha. So my mom's from Palestine, and um, my dad's from Syria. And yeah, I've, I've actually never been to Palestine. It's a dream of mine to go. Inshallah, one day I'll be able to go there. Um, but yeah, I I graduated from UConn back in May, in May 2023. I did a major in marketing and a minor in management, and a concentration in digital marketing and analytics. Um yeah, and now I'm just, I work at this tech company. I'm really enjoying that. But yeah, I just wanted to, you know, I'm happy to be here to shed light on what's going on and just, you know, give everyone a little bit more context on the situation. Gotcha. Yeah, so the situation in, in question for people who still aren't aware, um, I know by now people know or at least have think they know what's going on in uh-huh. uh, Israel and Palestine. Uh-huh. And... You know, it's it's something like, you know, if you're in America in particular, you kind of see Israel out of the corner of your eye. I mean, it's hard to avoid because they, you know, um, they're, you know, allies and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm trying to think the very, I can't even remember the first time I heard about this kind of situation between Israel and Palestine. I want, I mean, I know I was in school, but I can't even tell you like the first time I heard about it, but yeah, I kind of really, yeah. maybe it's because I went to an HBCU, I don't know, but I, I kind of really started mm-hmm. following it um, when I was in school. You know, I started learning more about a lot. Like, you know, like for me, my eyes were really opened after Trayvon Martin. And then there was Mike Brown when I was a freshman in college, you know, and so mm-hmm. we started seeing all these different 
movements and then it kind of like you know when you're in that hbcu you're open to a lot of different people so you have a, a, a worldview that's probably different being a black american or being a black or brown that some other people don't and so you you start mm-hmm. seeing things and getting exposed to certain things and somehow israel and palestine came over my radar like i really honestly don't remember mm-hmm. but i, I yeah, started kind of doing a little research and so i've been following this thing for at least nine or ten years now like here and there, mm-hmm. just kind of like out of the corner of my eye, like, oh, this is going on in this region of the world. And so, you know, there, there, there are just certain things you hear and then there are certain things you see. And clearly the two things ain't on the same page. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what mm-hmm. we got work. That's kind of what we got working here. So I got to ask you, you know, the reason I brought you on is because you, like you said, you're you are part Palestinian and, you know, you have family that are from there and kind of just a little background for people who are not aware where is palestine what's kind of the history of the area yeah 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 i think we can start with just like you know some history about palestine the origins of the movement and some historical context that people have to know in order to gain a better understanding of the resistance so i'll just start kind of with like a a general timeline so it all began back in the early 1900s with the creation of zionism which is a movement which advocated for the establishment of a Jewish homeland in Palestine. So the Zionist movement was founded and led by this man named Theodore Herzl, who advocated for this sort of, we'll call it, a romanticized return of the Jews to their land. So in order to make the sentiments of Zionism plausible, the Balfour Declaration was created, which was a British mandate. And it established Palestine as a place of sanctuary for Jews or as a national home for them. And essentially, you know, this declaration coming out pledged Britain's support for Theodore Herzl's aim of Jewish statehood and gave national rights to the Jews, who in 1917 were only 6% of the country's population. So basically, people are just saying, or what's happening here is that they're saying that Jews can move to Palestine and they have national rights to that land, as if there was no one there that existed before. And what holds, like, the most utmost importance here is that the British Empire had subtly declared war on the indigenous population of Palestine. They're giving a group of people more rights to the Palestinian homeland than the Palestinians had themselves. And I think a very important quote that was circulating during this time and something that's worth mentioning is that people were saying a land without a people for a people without a land. So they're designating this land to people without a land because that land does not have people to begin with which goes to show how the denial of Palestinian existence dates centuries back. So as Jews began migrating to Palestine, tensions grew between the indigenous and the settlers, and the United Nations came in and posed a partition plan to divide Palestine into two states. So these states would constitute Jewish Israel and Arab Palestine. The Jews accepted the plan, but of course the Palestinians did not accept this policy of land theft, and neighboring Arab countries also rejected it as well. So following this plan came the Nakba. So when we, you know, when we advocate or when we, when we're advocating in protests for justice for Palestine, and when we're saying that this dates back to 1948, we're talking about the Nakba, which is the catastrophe. And this was the forced displacement of 750,000 Palestinian refugees out of their own land. It's the most notable year because it began the 75 year plus tale of occupation, settler colonialism, and mass murder of the indigenous. And you're actually banned from talking about it in Israel, which plays into the censorship of genocide, which we can get into further on in this podcast. And yeah, so I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of history here, 
but there's some important notes to keep in mind. Every uprising following the Nakba was in efforts to liberate Palestine by any means necessary and to resist occupation by any means necessary, which is international law. There were intifadas, which means resistance, to do just this, and there were political groups born to do just this. Palestine was determined to liberate its Palestinians, and that's what we're seeing right now in the media. Got you, got you, yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, I am a history buff. Like, that's kind of like, I mean, obviously I love sports. That's kind of how we met, but, like, history mm-hmm. is my thing. So, like, this is kind of something I definitely... Um, and, and the reason I bring that up is because I was, I've looked in, like, you know, just some of the videos I've seen that there, there's when, when I was looking into the Nakba and, and kind of like the origins of it, how it started, just what led up to it really. And then mm-hmm. kind of the seven, what is it, 75, you said 75 years? Yep. Yeah. Yep, so like 70, 75 plus years after it, um, there are so many, and this is kind of where the, my, I guess the part of what this has to do with you know black folks in particular but like there there's a lot of stuff there are a lot of similarities i've seen to damn near any indigenous group of people but especially black mm-hmm. americans and especially africans um you look at i look at black americans in particular i don't know how much you know but there's this phrase i found called development induced displacement which is basically where people are forced to get up and move by the government to, I guess, in, to make way for, like, prog- projects, like, you know, mm-hmm. man-made lakes or, or highways, like, if they make highways, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's happened a lot in America with black and white folks, but specific, specifically black Americans. I noticed um, the history of, like, black people in this country in particular, there are a lot of small black majority black towns that were wiped out and in their place they were like lakes like if you like mm-hmm. Lanier in Georgia for example or even Central Park in New York used to be a mm-hmm. black town and mm-hmm. they forced the people out or you look at just so many other ones and I looked up what happened in Palestine and basically a lot of those smaller villages that were taken over were replaced with like pine trees and just kind of like these mm-hmm. different land projects and they change the names of some of these places it's it's a lot of just similar stuff and i'm just like damn yeah <laughs> it's like no, you know, it, it, no, you I just know. look at it oh and then like you said the fact they're banned about talking about it in israel i mean look at america today i mean you look at florida especially because they're kind of the poster boys for it but you look at some of these places that are starting to try to ban critical race theory because mm-hmm. they just mm-hmm. it's it's some all this stuff that just keeps on happening to black and brown people and it doesn't matter what part of the world it's in and it's like damn yeah it, it, there's just so okay. many similarities and i think that's kind of how i also started to get into it and um but i say all that to say that there's some other stuff i learned later obviously like you know when you you, look, you mentioned that they moved in or they came in and they started you know, displacing people forcefully in a lot of cases, you know, you have settlements that are put up, you know, all these different things. And now we fast forward to what we have today, which is what exactly, I guess. Yeah. 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 I can go into that as well. Right. So first of all, I think we should start with some history of Gaza before we start 
talking about you know the current events in the media right now. So back in the early 2000s, Israel imposed a blockade on Gaza, which is a small strip of Palestinian land that houses more than two million people, and half of those people are, people are children. So for years upon years upon years, Israel has subjected Palestinians in Gaza to a brutal military siege, which, which cuts off Gaza from the rest of the world. So when I say that, I mean Israel prevents Palestinians in Gaza from receiving medical care, food, electricity, clean water, and just all of these basic human resources. And they cannot receive resources by land, air, or sea. And most of the Palestinians living in Gaza are refugees who were violently forced out of their homes in the Nakba back in 1948 that you were just touching on. So Palestinians living in Gaza are constantly bombed, and contrary to what ignorant people who do not know one thing about the historical context think, the bombings did not start this last week. Gaza does not know peace, Gaza does not know safety, Gaza does not know freedom because of Israel. So now going into current events, about a week or so, ago, um, Palestinians showed us that the resistance lives. They showed us that they will not back down in the face of occupation, in the face of settler colonialism, bombings, torture, rape, land theft, the killing of children, the bulldozing of homes, the list goes on and on and on. And they showed us that after 75 years of occupation, they will still resist because resistance is justified when people are occupied. The occupied have the right to resist their occupiers and the oppressed have the right to resist the oppressed. They're oppressed. They're oppressors. And the media has taken the resistance and conflated it with terrorism. They've pushed this sort of narrative of an Israeli war on terrorism and completely ignored the historical context of occupation since 1948. In response to one weekend of Palestinian resistance, Israel has dropped thousands upon thousands of bombs on Gaza. And they've made it crystal clear that they plan to wipe out Gaza and have shown no mercy for innocent civilians and the people of Gaza, as if they ever have since 1948. Their agenda is genocide, and they warned 1.1 million Palestinians to evacuate from northern Gaza to southern Gaza within 24 hours, as if that's possible. They've bombed safe routes and bombed exits out of Gaza. They're keeping Gaza in a prison with no escape, and their agenda is genocide. And the U.S. has given them their undying support. But, you know, like, I'm sure I'm sure you're aware and we all can't be surprised that the U.S. is an oppressive state of colonial power. Yep. And throughout history, they've, they've either been the colonizers or those in support of the colonizers. They're a beacon of colonization and they don't stand behind the laws of morality. And they don't abide by the principles of basic human decency. America only cares about their pockets and their geopolitical ties, if that. And I need you to remember that it should not surprise you that the United States has chosen the wrong side of history. Because when have white people ever been on the right side of history? And when it comes to the resistance, the media portrays Ukrainians in a very different light than it does Palestinians, you know? Ukrainians are seen as these freedom fighters, and they're praised for being brave and courageous and strong when they stand up against Russia. But when Palestinians, you know, display this, this passion for resistance, and when they do resist their occupiers, they're labeled as terrorists, they're labeled as violent, uncivilized, all of these, you know these terrible connotations. And of course, the U.S. supports Israel. And of course, the U.S. feeds this narrative. And, you know, it plays into every single tale of colonization and how the U.S. has supported every single tale of colonization or been the colonizers in every single tale of colonization, which is, of course, something we can get into as well. But yeah, there's many different facets of this conversation. And I think it's 
just very important that we cover all of them. But yeah, that's just some background on the current events of Gaza, how it was before and how it is now. Right. And now we've talked about it. Let's kind of get into it. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, the, one of the things with the U.S., um, one of the words that floats around a lot when we talk about Israel, Gaza, and even somewhat of the West Bank as well, um, mm -hmm. the word apartheid gets thrown mm -hmm. around a lot. And a lot of people in Western media especially are, are scared to use that word for some reason. I don't know why, mm -hmm. but the word apartheid kind of is the way that people legally explain what is going on over there because you look at and then people think a lot like apartheid a lot of people think of south africa and you look at uh -huh. south africa and the way the the people there black folks in particular were kind of roped off in a similar way like it wasn't a land sea and air blockade in south africa necessarily but uh -huh. the way they were forced off of their land that they were born in they were forced into like areas that were mostly uninhabitable or at least not nearly as habitable as the lands that they had lived on for generations they were they were forced off of that subjugated mm -hmm. to these areas and you know for centuries or maybe not centuries but for like a good number of decades it was upheld and the international world kind of you know like people would call it out but obviously the u.s and i guess to a lesser extent britain as well kind of we're in support of it. Like one of the main mm -hmm. reasons it took as long as it did for South African apartheid to end is because of the U.S. and their interference, which is nothing new. Like you said, mm -hmm. you know, the, I mean, you look at Algeria and France, you look at Haiti and France, <laughs> you, look yep. At, yep. you know, you look at um, just any resistance movement pretty much in the history of the world or at least in the history of the last hundred or so years, it's one common denominator that is always kind of just impeding them from ending. And that's always been the U.S. Like, usually, mm -hmm. they're just in the way. They're always in the fucking way. And it's like, you know, they, I mean, you look all through South America, you know, the number of dictators they put in place there, you know, you look at, even as the stuff in Israel is, I mean, in Palestine is actively happening, mm -hmm. across the world, you look at Haiti and there's, stuff going on with them and you know there's like an intervention people might try to interfere with that like it's just you you see this stuff like people think oh this is ancient history the u.s doesn't do that anymore like no they're actively doing it yes you, you yes. look at um pakistan the way they pressured them to remove their president mm -hmm. <laughs> like i mean you just you look at all mm -hmm. these different places this shit is happening over and over it's always the u.s they're always there but yeah i mean like it's just kind of crazy to me at times where you know, and then they hold all this power internationally. Like, if you look at, like, the UN and mm -hmm. NATO and all these places, like, anybody that really could do something, I mean, you look at who's funding them. Mm-hmm. You know? No, so it, it, yeah, it all makes sense. It's <laughs> just this nasty work, you know, as we say. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a common denominator. There always is in every single tale of colonization. Right. And I think that, like, that goes into, you know, just different solidarity movements for Palestine and, like, just, you know, touching on some of those. So, Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza were the first to condemn the killing of Michael Brown and Ferguson, like right. you had touched on earlier, and the first to condemn the murder of George Floyd in Minnesota. So, when we say free Palestine, our hearts bleed for Palestine the same way they bleed for the black victims of injustice and discrimination in the United States. 
and everywhere across the globe. The fight for the liberation of Palestinians and the fight for black lives are intrinsically the same fight. And the Black Lives Matter movement can also understand that in times of repeated injustice, resistance is mandatory, valid, and not unprovoked, as the media is saying it is. Right. And then that moves into, you know, the, the, indig- the solidarity with the indigenous peoples. Palestinians also understand and can relate to the struggle of indigenous peoples against their U.S. occupiers. Right. Palestinians are indigenous, indigenous peoples to Palestine, just as native folk are indigenous to their land. And to tell Palestinians to not resist is to tell Native Americans to succumb to the violence of their U.S. occupiers. Right. And to celebrate Indigenous Peoples' Days and ask for land back, but to not side with the Palestinian cause is hypocrisy at its very root. Right. And then when you move into, for example, what you had touched on with um, the Haitian Revolution, it's like telling Haitian slaves to enable their slavery or to never fight back against their French occupiers and to never resist their slave owners. To condemn Palestinians is to condemn the Haitian slave revolt, to condemn every tale of colonization throughout history. And guess who funded and supported the Haitian occupation? The United States. Guess who funded and supported the South African apartheid? Israel. Guess who is never on the right side of history? The United States and Israel. And also... And to quickly... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And then also, I I don't know how many people know this, but... um... Those so in America, obviously, you, you mentioned Michael Brown. You mentioned um, George Floyd. American police forces. A lot of people do not know where they get their training from. Oh yeah, no, I know they don't at all. Just they where? Get, it, and I don't know how many people know. I mean, I, I'm sure people know this in New York because it was in the news mm-hmm. a little while ago. But mm-hmm. American police forces train with the IDF. Like that's mm-hmm. where they get. That's where they get a lot of their. Yep. The, they the, learn the, their practices straight from the idea. Yeah, the yes. surveillance techniques, the some of the shit like you know some of the the chokeholds that like the chokehold yes, that killed um, Eric Adams in I mean not Eric Adams mm-hmm. what's uh, Eric Garner in in mm-hmm. New York like stuff like that they learn where people don't know like that's where they learn that people go on they go on yes. like they go on yes. like month two month long training trips to Israel and learn from the IDF the Israeli Defense exactly. Force. And Ooh. yeah, and yeah, and, and yeah, that's why it's so that. upsetting. Yeah, it's so upsetting, and like that's why, that's why we cry, and that's why we get frustrated, and that's why we get angry when people are so quick to post, you know, for Black Lives Matter, but then they leave out the movement for Palestinian liberation. It's just, you know, it's it's quite hypocritical to think, and that's why all people of color are in this together, you know. And and once again, to quickly touch on the South African apartheid as well, South Africans were forced out of their land just as Palestinians were. They weren't allowed to own land, like you had said, and, and weren't recognized as citizens of South Africa. Their existence was denied, just like that of the Palestinians. And they were being ethnically cleansed, just like Palestinians are. So I think people need to wake up to the fact that this is modern-day genocide and modern-day apartheid. If you haven't done that by now, we can conclude that you refuse to confront truth, you refuse to utilize basic logic, and you refuse to stand on the right side of history. It's just, it's, you know, it's really interesting to see how the same tale of colonization, the same tale of occupation can continuously be repeated every single time throughout history. And just because it's, you know, it's, we live in this day and age, and just because it's modern genocide, it's okay. Or just because it's modern genocide, people can't believe it, you know? Right. And even to that point, I mean, some of our favorite Black revolutionaries, like the people we love to quote and stuff. I mean, you look at Nelson Mandela to that point mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Nelson Man- Nelson Mandela himself said, 
Uh-huh. We know too well that our freedom is incomplete without the freedom of Palestinians. Like he, he said that. Uh-huh. And by the way, he was on the U.S. terrorist watch list until 2008. So uh-huh. take that for what you will. Uh-huh. You know, um, exactly. Yeah. You know, you got him. It, it, and it's other people that have said, I actually, I'm going to pull this up. I'm, I'm going to find some of these. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, there's quotes by Malcolm X, Angela Davis, Nelson Mandela. Muhammad you know, Ali. all these very, very prominent freedom fighters have voiced their support for Palestine. Palestine and yeah. it just seems that I, I saw this um, post on Instagram the other day. It was like, should I believe these freedom fighters like Malcolm X, Angela Davis, Nelson Mandela? Should I believe them or should I believe an actor from a Netflix TV show? Should I believe Kylie Jenner? Should I believe Justin Bieber? Right. As if they have any more right to speak on this or if they ha- if they have any legitimacy over, you know, people like Nelson Mandela or Malcolm X. It's, it's crazy. Right. Let me find these. I got to find something. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah, there was a quote by um, Malcolm X as well that said, if you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. Right. And, you know, I think that ties in perfectly to the situation at hand. Right. You know, and it, and it's like one of the other things I noticed, too, like you said, I mean, to, to the, some of the news coverage, not all of it. Some of like I get a lot of my stuff from like Al Jazeera, for example, because it, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's easier like outside of the U.S. It's easier to get kind of mm-hmm. the other side, like, you know whenever certain movements happen and, and you know like media would love to like hey let's tell both sides of the story but i'm like i've I've watched with my own two eyes and i mean not that i've ever been surprised but like it's still kind of jarring especially the last couple of weeks just to sit here and watch how blatantly like slanted and one-sided some of this coverage is and, it, and it's not to say you know like whatever but like it's just some of the like the the lack of one side of the story just being told at all like just complete yes it's it's kind of it's kind of really like scary more than anything but like it's just you know and then the other thing i think one of the biggest misconceptions of this is a lot of people think this is a jews versus muslims type of deal and i'm like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there a lot of palestine people think one side has zionism and they recognize judaism as being a nationality and that's like a whole another podcast worth of conversation that I have no idea about so I'm not even gonna <laughs> put my foot in my mouth there but like Palestinians aren't just Muslims you know they're a, a, a large majority of them are Christians as well you know they're Palestinian Jews as well they're Palestinian, Palestinian Jews, Jews which by the way yep. a lot of people don't know this is where the apartheid part comes in if you're Jewish but you're Palestinian, you do not have the same, like, treatment. treatment. Like, you're not allowed to vote in, like, Israeli elections, even if you live in Israel. Yeah, y- yeah. and there's also, there's like also another yeah. layer. To, yeah, there's, there's even another layer to that, you know. Jews that condemn apartheid and Jews that condemn genocide in Israel are treated terribly, Terrible. absolutely terribly within their communities and by the IDF. Um, so that's just, an, you know, even another layer to the conversation. But yeah, like going off of the media's portrayal, um, just just I think there's two ways that we can look at this. So there's media censorship and media portrayal. So right. first, I feel like we can look at media portrayal because that's what we were just discussing. But when you look at black people, black people in the media are consistently portrayed as causing terror, violent, loud, uncivilized, every word in the book that pits America against them. And black Americans are depicted as perpetrators of crime or perpetrators of violence. 
And this even, well, this is kind of a tangent, but this even plays into the refugee crisis in America. Ukrainian refugees are labeled as civilized, educated, ordinary people, while Afghan, Latin American, Arab, Haitian refugees are labeled as uncivilized, criminals, terrorists. And America can only hold empathy for European refugees, which shows the intersection of immigration and racism. America can only care to house European refugees, showing their need for cultural familiarity and their desensitization to the suffering of people of color. America was built on the backs of people of color, yet they still continue to breed their racist, hypocritical views. And when you look at the Black Lives Matter movement, like you had said, it's these people choosing to stay neutral or these people choosing to, you know, understand both sides. That's like saying all lives matter. And to only post infographics advocating for peace is to blatantly say that there's no historical context behind resistance. It's to say that America hasn't been killing black people for centuries. And it's to say that Israel hasn't been murdering Palestinians since 1948. Right. And, and in terms of the media... Yeah, go ahead. Go sorry, ahead. sorry. Okay. So, just to add to that, it's like, people... We, we don't condemn... I mean, we don't condemn... Wow. We don't support people being innocently killed and whatnot, obviously. Like, uh-huh. we, we don't do that. But like you said, yeah. I mean, there's a whole... 75 years worth of like lead up and build up to this when you I mean almost daily guys is being just aired yep. out like yep. you know and, and children I mean the vast majority of the people I keep seeing every every image I see is is, is mostly younger people and children uh-huh. who are being like this is entire future generations that are being just completely wiped out for no reason exactly. other than the fact that they were born there and just want a right to live like exactly exactly yeah it's just you know it's it's absolutely ridiculous to say that this was unprovoked or there's no reason behind this or or just to completely ignore the historical context of occupation you know it's like if it's just it's saying as if you know it it's like palestinians can't raise their fists and fight as if they just have to succumb to occupation as if they have to just succumb to their occupiers when, you know, Israel has been coming in and using their fists for 75 years. Like, if someone were to come and enter your home and beat you up for 75 years, if you raise the fist back, you're a terrorist, you know? And, of course, we condemn the killing of innocent civilians. But, once again, to, to act neutral or to act like you... To, to side with the media in this case is ridiculous. And in terms of the media, they will consistently churn out propaganda. And you have to listen to the word of truth rather than blindly believing everything you see in the news. To believe everything you see on TV is to be easily influenceable. America is calling you dumb. America's calling you blind. America's calling you brainless. And you have to pull yourself back to reality to recognize the injustice at hand. And once again, like we were just discussing, you need to remember that the media says Palestinians are terrorists, just as it said Nelson Mandela was a terrorist. Right. He needs to remember that the most prominent freedom fighters in history stood for justice for Palestinians. I was about to say, actually, I just pulled it up. This is a perfect uh-huh. segue. So uh-huh. I'm going to look. I'm going I'm to just find this for you. So a lot of us, you know, and this, and this is more for, for me, this is more for my, you know, my black brothers and sisters. A lot of us, uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. We, we look up to the Black Panthers. You know, you look up to people like, you know, you, a, a, any civil rights figure you can think of. Like, okay, let's just go to Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, for example. Uh-huh. Yeah. People like John Lewis, you know, my Sigma brother, rest in peace. You know, people like, people like, uh, I'm trying to think who else was in Snake. Some of the earlier 
leaders of the Black Panther movement started in like SNCC and SCLC and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In where is this? Let me pull this up. Okay, the June 1967 war when Israel conquered the West Bank and Gaza, two regions of the former British Mandate of Palestine that were under control of Jordan and Egypt, respectively. The conflict captured black activists' attention at a time when the Vietnam War was already prompting them to condemn what they saw as U.S. imperialism abroad. Uh-huh. Um, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee published a primer on the Palestinian problem describing Zionism as an imperial project upheld by the white Western colonial governments of the U.S. and Europe. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, there, there's example number one. Black Panther Party, here we go. Black Panther Party expressed its support for the Palestinian resistance that emerged in the war's aftermath, portraying Al-Fatah and the Panthers as engaged in a joint struggle against racism, Zionism, and imperialism. For these groups, uh-huh. African-Americans were an internally colonized people whose position in the U.S. was analogous to the status of third world peoples globally, including Palestinians. Boom. Uh-huh. Boom. Right there. That's that solidarity. You know? like. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and guess how the Black Panther movement was portrayed in the media? It was... You know, just the people fighting against, yeah, no, people fighting against police brutality were just people labeled as violent and uncivilized and, you know, causing a ruckus. And that's how we always are. For people that do not know, the reason that the state of California is as anti-gun as they are today, the reason that you have gun Mm -hmm. control in the state of Mm -hmm. California is not because people just had common sense and decided to wake up and be like, guns are terrible. No. If Black Panthers do not march on the state capitol, there would not be gun control in California today. Uh-huh. Y'all would uh-huh. be running around just like Texas and Florida being uh-huh. able to carry guns without permits. Uh-huh. If uh-huh. it wasn't for the Black Panther Party. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just just so y'all know. The Black Panther Party. That's, that's a great, yeah. No, I mean, that's a great that's a great point. Yeah. Devin. That's a really great point. And it goes to show that people of color, when they're advocating, advocating for change, that change is lasting change. Mm-hmm. It's moral change. You know what I mean? And it's, if they're, they're doing this for a reason and look at the lasting change that's come of it. Right. You know, it, it just, and it happens everywhere. I mean, we mentioned it before Algeria, you know, like, you know, Franz Fanon, you know, some of these, some of these people like mm-hmm. this who, mm-hmm. you know, anytime black or brown people, you know, even in America, civil rights movement, like, you know, Martin Luther King and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. anytime. Good comes of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Black Lives Matter. This is probably part of how I found out about it. But, like, I remember they come at us crazy. Like, I watched white folks storm the Capitol on January 6th, and it wasn't no tear yeah. gas in sight. It wasn't tanks, nothing. Soon as black folks mm-hmm. say, hey, stop killing us, you got tank machines riding through Ferguson, Missouri, and, and, and people getting hit with all types of technology, you know, like this is always, yeah. you know, black yeah. people, black and brown people, as soon as they fight back against their occupiers, mm-hmm. you know, or like for people who don't know, like imagine if Native Americans decided, hey, you know what, we're going to get off this reservation and we're going to go to just some random nearby city and stand on business you know, like, yeah. like the thing that I said you know and the US comes back because I think something like that did happen I think like isn't that kind of I gotta go back and look I don't want to miss yeah yeah like, go back and look you yeah. know they resisted too for the longest time and then you know eventually it was repressed because like mm-hmm. we said when black or brown people fight back 
folks get angry. And it's like, oh, these ignorant you-know-whats. And exactly, exactly. It's like, it's, here we are. And so... That's always how it goes. That's always how it goes. And guess what? The media is going to play it up even more. Right. You know, that, that, that goes into... That's actually something I can talk about. And that goes into media censorship. And then also, of course, the media portrayal of black and brown communities fight for justice. So... Right now on Instagram and on these very prominent social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, um, all of these, once again, very prominent social media platforms, Palestinian voices are being censored. So they take everything from us. They take our lands. You know, they kill our people. They occupy us. They colonize us. And then they also take our voices, which are, you know, right now is our only tool and it's our most powerful tool to shed light on what's happening in Palestine and you know, be the voice for those who do not have a voice right now and go against the media. And they've censored our posts. You know, my posts have gone from getting like 800 views to like literally four views, which is absolutely ridiculous. And we've been forced to use even censored keywords. So like when you say Gaza, you can't type it G-A-Z-A. You have to type it G at symbol, Z at symbol. Um, And, you know, this is also something that we've seen throughout history. If we're looking back in time and we're looking at the history of Palestine, after British troops occupied Jerusalem in in 1917, they banned publication of the Balfour Declaration. And the British Empire banned newspapers and publication of news for two years. So Palestinians only started hearing about the declaration through word of mouth and in Egyptian newspapers from Cairo. So they basically, they didn't realize that Zionism was such a huge threat And that allowed Zionism to conquer slowly and subtly. And then when we look at South Africa during times of apartheid, African newspapers were controlled by white interest. And literature by South Africans was censored entirely and wiped off the news. And even during the Holocaust, Nazi Germany took over anti-Nazi newspapers. They controlled what appeared on TV, on radio stations, and they burned literature and books that held anti-Nazi sentiments and told the story of genocide. So this is, once again, a practice that isn't new to us. It's not a practice that we've never seen before. It's just, I think it's just the fact that it's, you know, still being used in, you know, the present day in this modern day and age that people are just blind to it and people don't understand it and people just, they, they just think that this, you know, could never happen in this day and age. By the way, um, Monday, October 16th, 2023 when this episode comes out is the 55th anniversary of the black power salute at the 1968 olympics and mm-hmm. the reason i bring that up is because john carlos one of the guys who did it kind of mm-hmm. the guy who came up with it he's it was more so a human rights protest and he mentioned south africa he mentioned at the time southern rhodesia which now is uh zimbabwe um, mm-hmm. as kind of two of his inspirations. I, I can't remember if he mentioned Palestine or not, but like I wouldn't be shocked if he did. But either way, the point I bring mm-hmm. up is, I mean, he was blackballed for that. You know, mm-hmm. like lost his Olympics. I can't remember if he lost his medal or not, but like he was he was definitely blackballed from the Olympics, whatever. Mm-hmm. You see it all the time. Anytime people speak up. I mean, even now, I've, I've seen that France and Germany have I don't know if they banned it all the way, but like they they're yeah, they're trying yeah. to ban pro Palestinian no, yeah. protests. Yeah, France literally banned pro Palestinian protests, which is crazy because they were advocating for or they were fighting for freedom of speech for a while. Like there were huge protests in the streets fighting for freedom of speech, and then they you know ban our protests. It's 
it's racism. People can't. Um, Germany tried to flag it under their terrorism laws, like uh, equating mm-hmm. it to equating it to pro-Nazi salutes. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. No, I know it's absolutely crazy. Like you know, you can't even wear the what's the scarf called? The one that Palestinians wear. The- the kufia yeah like i saw people trying yeah. to like oh you can't fly palestinian flags you can't wear the mm-hmm. kufia. oh like, yeah wait this is this, this is this stuff actually... that tries to happen i wouldn't be shocked if certain u.s states try to do that shit yes. you know because they're already oh. banning black literature from schools like why not mm-hmm. fucking add i mean oh yeah actually no it has happened there are plenty of like people who don't know what bds is there's a lot of states mm-hmm. that have like anti-bds laws like boycott divest sanction like you you know so like mm-hmm. all the civil rights mm-hmm. boycotts that we you know are historically known for people try to you know the black civil rights movement a lot of the tactics that we use people just think oh you know they marched and they were nonviolent because u.s history teaches half the story like no niggas was really like <laughs> you know it was intricate you know like oh they they went to the u.n and and uh-huh. you know they you know they or they tried to you know and they organized like nationwide boycotts of like companies like they brought down the exactly. entire industries with these protests, mm-hmm. it wasn't just a couple people marching and singing "We Shall Overcome." Like that's just what they want you exactly. to do. Exactly. Like no. Exactly. And so, to try to avoid that, the people of Palestine and and you know other people as well have the boycott, divest, sanction stuff. They're mm-hmm. trying to ban you from doing that. Oh, you can't divest from Israel. Like when Ben and Jerry said they're not going to sell ice cream there anymore. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. Like, oh, oh, oh! No, the fuck you are. Wait, wait, come yes, back. Yes. Like so, we, we see this stuff. This stuff history constantly repeats itself. Over mm-hmm. and over, in bro- like even to this day, like you know, so this stuff. No, this is why this stuff is important for you know, like you said, we as black and brown people are in this together. Like it's, this shouldn't mm-hmm. be a us against them type situation in this case. You know, like there are yeah, there yeah. are certain situations that call for it. But like you said, I mean, I I remember it specifically. Like Palestinians were some of the main people I saw. When Eric Garner was choked to death in New York, I saw it was mm-hmm. Palestinian mm-hmm. people I saw that were like, you know, through Twitter and all that stuff. They were the ones that were yelling mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, even as they were going through stuff, you know, Black and Palestinian mm-hmm. solidarity. When, yep, when, yep. when when the Ferguson situation happened, you know, like mm-hmm. you see this stuff happen over and over. Like they've I been know, with I us know. consistently. And, you know, so. I know. No, I know that it's just. Once again, it's a tale of colonization, and it's just something that has continuously happened throughout history. So for some people to be so dense as to think that this is not history repeating itself, it's, it's crazy. And, and also, like, like you, you were um, just discussing before, one thing about white people is that they will ban you from anything that they do not agree with. So like even like the, the ban on the kofias, the ban on the flags, the ban on the pro-Palestine protests in France— it's absolutely ridiculous or just the way that they, you know, they try to portray these protests that are fighting for justice as terrorist acts. Um, I'm not sure if you heard, but they said, I'm pretty sure it was Friday the 13th. They called it the day of jihad, which means that, you know, Muslims come together. And I don't, I don't even know what, what they thought we would do, but these Muslims come together and um, act on terrorism and bring terrorism at these protests. Also, it's as if that, as if. Yeah, it never happened. As if also that this this liberation movement is only a Muslim movement. But yeah, they're um, one of one of these colonizers' tactics, or one of America's tactics, is blacklisting people. I don't know if you've heard, but for example, there was um, 
there was the these students at Harvard. I I hope I'm getting this right, but there was a statement signed by these students at Harvard at Harvard that stood in solidarity with the Palestinian people and you know voiced their voiced their um, their want for justice for the Palestinian people. And right after it came out, there were these Jewish CEOs and these CEOs in around you know companies near Harvard. Um, asked for the list of people who signed this document to be released so that they could blacklist them and they could make sure to never hire them at their companies. And um, the university tried to keep it under wraps. The university tried to, you know, hide the names of these people in order to protect their reputations. And then someone literally pasted these students' names on a huge truck. They pasted their names and their faces and drove it through Harvard campus. There's another incident of an NYU um, student. I think the student government president has been blacklisted for voicing their support on Palestine. You know, it's it's something that us Palestinians always have to keep in mind. There's literally even this website called Canary Mission where they blacklist Palestinians for speaking out. It's ridiculous and it's scary that I'm scared to share, you know, my workplace. I'm scared to share sometimes even my town, sometimes even my name. But that's also also just a tactic, you know. The people who are on the right side of history won't blacklist you. The people who are on the right side of history won't, you know, think about your 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 voice of justice when they're looking right. to hire you. You know what I mean? It's just interesting that this is how it goes, and it's it's pretty scary the world that we live in that allows this to happen. Right. I mean, you see it. I've seen it. Like Mark Lamont Hill, one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite. Yep. Uh, Love him. He got Love he him. got fired from CNN after he used the. Is a phrase. I, I don't know if you want me to say. It. I don't know. I don't want to make. Right. It. Yeah. No. I know. You, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know. You know yeah. Yeah. He he yeah. used that, and they were like, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa!" And then they got him out of it. So it's like. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Some some MSNBC Muslim reporters were just fired. Like literally, I think they were suspended or fired or expelled or something. Oh no, they literally. were they were moved from. I know which one. I know. I saw the post you put. They, yeah. They yeah. Were, yeah. What they was were it? Uh, repl- like the covers. They were taken from it like they're not yeah that coverage of that yeah and that's and that's just so interesting because you know palestinians never had to do that with the media because palestinians know that their voices speak the word of truth they know that they're not lying they know that they're not you know creating some sort of this idea of some sort of a genocidal apartheid regime they know that their words speak truth so it's just interesting that the other side or you know the the ones that were complicit in genocide feel the need to do this and even that i mean like i've, I've seen that happen with in black movements like when they were covering civil rights movements or when or when they would cover black lives matter movements i mean there are certain black reporters who it's like oh we don't want to create an issue of conflict of interest and i'm like wait a minute yeah would you take would you take white reporters off of a situation about you know they they didn't take white people away when january 6th happened you know they they mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there is a surplus of reporters who are Jewish who will be covering certain different, not just this, but like certain mm-hmm. other things. You know, like it, it, they yeah. only do that with black and brown reports. Why are we the ones that always have to, oh, it's conflict. Like, you know, we, we, don't, we don't want to create this. It's like, wait, 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 okay, let's, let's, cut the, let's cut the BS. Like, let's, let's not do that. We, we've seen yeah, it. But yeah, I know. it's just one of those things. I'm, and, and, and again, like we said, this is not a Muslim issue. That's one of the biggest misconceptions. Yeah, it like is not at all. Like one of the biggest all. things, a lot of people really are like, oh, they, they hear the word Arab 
or whatever. They hear Arab and they just immediately think all Arabs are Muslim. And it's like, no. I know. It's so crazy that that's, like, there's that misconception. There's, I mean, there's so many misconceptions about Arabs <laughs> that right. we're terrorists, that we're only Muslim, you know, things like that. But we're it's so insane the, the that people, people really, yeah. yeah, people really make it a, a Muslim Jewish issue as if there's not so many different, you know, ethnicities, as if there's not so many different racial backgrounds, different people of color in the protests for Palestine, as if there's not speakers at the protests for Palestine that aren't you know, Christian or Jewish or black or Pakistani right. or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then yeah. the other part of it is like that a lot the, the the being a Christian, there's certain things I see like, you know, you know, you talk about Israel in the Bible and God's chosen mm-hmm. people. Like you, you hear that stuff. I feel like mm-hmm. y'all equate Israel in the Bible with the state of Israel and I feel like it's two different things. Mm-hmm. Just just from what mm-hmm. I've seen, just just from my observation. Mm-hmm. I'm like it, it just feels mm-hmm. I think y'all are just yeah, getting I, it a little mixed up. <laughs> I just, I just hate the conflation. Of, I hate the conflation. Of, I hate the conflation of Judaism with Zionism because right. we're not at all going against Judaism here. And in fact, we work with many, many different Jewish organizations. Exactly. One notable one being Jewish Voice for Peace. Right. So it's very, very dangerous to you know create this narrative that we're going against Judaism. But it's also a narrative that many people use to silence our voices. They they use that twisted narrative to hide behind this curtain of deception that allows them to further, you know, demonize the Palestinian cause. It's a tactic used by them as well. But we have to still remain crystal clear with the fact that we don't, we're not for anti-Semitism in any facet, any manner. Exactly. If anyone is, they should not come to, you know, the, the protest for the Palestinian liberation movement. It's just a movement against Zionism, you know, the Zionism that made Jews come to Palestine and establish it as their homeland and kick out all of the Palestinians living there. Right. And it's the same thing with white supremacy. We're not against all white people. Exactly. We're just against racist white people. We're, exactly. We're against exactly. the U.S. government because it's full of them. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's just stuff mm-hmm. like that. But we say all that to say just, you know, it kind of wrap, I, I guess not wrap things up, but, like, it's just, I just want, for, for people out there who feel like now they kind of know or maybe, you know, people who have been following this and they, they, they feel like, oh, you know, like it's awful and, and they, but they just, they, they're not sure what they can do. Like, what, what do you suggest? Like, how do we kind of keep mm-hmm. Palestinian voices alive, especially as they're actively kind of under attack like this? Yeah, I think there's like a couple of things that we can recommend to people. So first of all, definitely go check out some actually credible news sources and some actually, you know, not biased news sources and continue reposting information from those news sources on on instagram on facebook on twitter on tiktok on all of these different very prominent social media platforms because contrary to popular belief or contrary to what some people may believe social media is truly the biggest weapon or the truly the biggest you know thing that we have here to go off of social media actually does make a difference it raises awareness you know who you share or what the content of the post that you share really does make a difference if people continue 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 posting about it you know what i mean and in terms of demands that we have for people so in terms of demands that you can tell your representatives or in terms of demands that you can tell your congress we have three main demands first of all we want to condemn genocide in the district so we want to call on biden to urge netanyahu to call off the ground invasion they have mass murdered people for 80 years this is genocide and we demand that 
they acknowledge the Palestinians' right to exist. Number two, you have to give Palestinians support in on the ground and then also here in America or everywhere around the world. On the ground, you have to give Palestinians support, aid, funding, sanctuary, shelter, and give them access to basic human resources. Over here, you have to amplify balanced Palestinian voices. Go out to you know your local universities, Students for Justice in Palestine protests, go to their events, um, repost their posts, you know, just anything to amplify the voice of the Palestinian movement, the voice of liberation. We want to end the blockade, we want to end the imprisonment, and we want to end the siege on Gaza. And number three, we want our representatives and we want our Congress to support H.R. 2590, which is the only Palestinian-related bill in Congress which condemns the imprisonment and the illegal interrogation of Palestinian children, which is actually a practice that's only done by Israel. So yeah, those are some of our demands, but people living in America, I really encourage you to fact check your news sources and really understand where you're getting your information from. I also encourage you to take one look at the historical context of Palestine, because I promise from there it will be so crystal clear who the oppressed is and who the oppressor is what the right side is and what the wrong side is. You know, if you just take a second to look at the historical context, you will very, very, very clearly see that this is a tale of occupation. This is a tale of settler colonialism. And this isn't something that's confusing. It's not something that's complicated and you can't hide behind that narrative. Right, right. Yeah, that's pretty sure, definitely. Um, yeah, that, that's, yeah. She's spoken pretty crystal clear here. You know, y'all just mm-hmm. be careful. I mean, like we said, I mean, we've always known this, especially me working in media. Like, you, you just got to be careful. You got to be mm-hmm. careful where you get your news from. You got to be careful. And, and, and get it from multiple places, you know, because everything can give you a little bit of something. Just don't mm-hmm. lock in. Cause you, and, and be able to know when to separate the BF. You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely that. But, Leanne, I want to thank you again. You know, thank you yeah. for doing yeah. this. This is really appreciated because I, I feel like I learned a little bit even more, you know, because we, we, we don't all know everything, but some people, you know, it's it's always cool to fill in the blanks. Yeah, no, no. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you reaching out to me to want to, you know, have me on this podcast. It's, you know, it says a lot about you as a person to be able to or to want and have the desire to give Palestinians a platform to speak on things like this because you know a lot of people don't as we had talked about so i really appreciate this once again Devin, and i think this was a very productive and very you know informative conversation and i definitely learned a lot as well thank you you know that that's 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 why i started this film in the first place you know so that's definitely <laughs> you know yeah it's that hbc education you gotta love it uh, but yep you gotta love it gotta, gotta love, love gotta it. love it. but yeah you know but yeah again you guys play by play analysis podcast um if you guys want to learn more obviously um, just look stuff up you know I definitely Al Jazeera helps me a lot that's where I get a lot of my news on this topic from they've been following it probably closer than anybody else outside of the area so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely Al Jazeera you know definitely read too don't just rely on social media like it's it's books it's you know I I saw I think I don't know what company I think it's Amazon or somebody I saw their free Mm ebooks talking Mm -hmm. about like for books that talk about the Nakba and talk about kind of like the conflict in general you know look into some of your those of y'all who love quoting Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and, and, and some of your favorite black revolutionaries actually read what they've said about Palestine as well exactly you know? exactly that's all we ask and some some other reputable sources um, I would say 
the I'm you. It's T H E I M E U on Instagram. I on Pali, which is I on Pali, but P A L I. Um, Linda Sarsour, she's a great activist. Um, if America knew, I think that's that's the handle is a great website. Um, and yeah, just some those are just some examples. But um, do your research. Eyewitness Palestine is another really great one. But yeah, increase your media literacy. And stop relying on these celebrities because they will let you down every time. They will let you down every single time without fail. Every I don't know why time. they're relying on And it don't matter what color they are because some of these black folks, I've, I've been looking at y'all a little side-eyed. I mean, I do no, it anyway. Bro. But LeBron James? Oh, oh I didn't see God. that. I didn't see what he said. But, I mean, Floyd Mayweather, oh my God. Floyd Mayweather donating to the IDF was a little... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To each their own, I guess. You know? <laughs> like, is, is Michael Rubin's white party that much fun? Anyway, um, but yeah, okay. But <laughs> that being said, we gonna get up out of here. Um, this was this was cool again. You know, I hope everybody who listened has learned, and I hope you know y'all kind of understand a little bit more of what this means to essentially indigenous people, because that's that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what yep. this is. So yeah, that's play by right play analysis podcast. Devin Ashby escape play by play. If you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. And we're going to see y'all when we see y'all. So I'm going to get up out of here. We'll see y'all. Deuces. Uh-huh.